Hello and welcome to 201X Best Games of the Decade, where we talk about the best games that came out in the past 10 years, year by year. I am Jared, also known as Ja, and I'm here with Christina, also known as Pop-Tart. Hello. And I am here with Mikey, also known as Keylock. Yo, what's up, everybody? Yes, and like I said, for each year of this decade, we will drill down the top 10 games of that year. This year, we are focusing on the best games of 2018. And before we start, I just want to say, first of all, welcome back to anybody who has listened to the previous episodes. Uh, we love to hear your thoughts. If you agreed, disagreed, you know, we love to hear what you guys say. So you can reach out to us. You can connect with us on Twitter at The MASH Network, uh, which is twitter.com slash The MASH Network. And uh, also on Discord, which is discord.me slash mash those buttons. And, you know, let us know what you think. And uh, also, I want to bring up the lock-in system again, just, you know, for the new people. You know, if you haven't listened to the episodes before. It's it's 2018. Go back and listen to 2010. (laughs) (laughs) If you're new, go back to 2010 and get caught up. (laughs) Hey, man, they, they, they may have a special game in their heart in 2018, and they're just hoping, hoping that it makes our list. Oh, know. spoiler, it doesn't. I don't know what game it is, but it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the lock-in system. Each host had an opportunity to pick up a game from each year and lock it into the top 10. Now, it doesn't lock it into a specific space on the top 10, uh, but at the very least, it does make it on the list. So I'll announce those picks as they come up. And with that, let's go ahead and get into number 10. Best Games of 2018, number 10. Detroit Become Human. David Cage and Quantic Dream once again flexed their narrative muscles with Detroit Become Human. Detroit is the story of three androids whose paths cross as they work to reject or enforce the social barriers of their status. Despite issues with motion controls and some criticism of the theme, Detroit Become Human relied on its well-regarded setting, visuals, and characters to become Quantic Dream's most successful launch in the top game of 2018. Okay, coming at number 10, Detroit Become Human, another Quantic Dream game. I think it's the second Quantic Dream game from the list. Yes, it is, because there's only been two Quantic Dream games that I will actually recognize in this past decade. (laughs) One being Heavy Rain, one being Detroit, and the other one I'm just not talking about, okay? (laughs) <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was the thing that that Quantic Dream formula is just a it makes for a good narrative game. You know, as long as they execute on a basic level with that formula, it's probably going to make a list. <laughs> you know, uh, and on top for the of most that, part. <laughs> for that, I said execute on the basic level. Unnamed game did not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, I mean, on top of, you know, having a, a, a really solid formula, it had great visuals. It looked great. Actually, I think that's one of the reasons why they got the actors they did uh, to kind of, um, you know, get involved with the project, you know, because you had, I don't even know. It's like, I forget his name. What is his name from Grey's Anatomy? I cannot remember his name. I just know he's an actor. Oh, hot, I just call him Hot Doctor. Hot doctor? <laughs> I don't Isn't know. Isn't Grey's Anatomy? Isn't their whole thing hot doctors though? Like, yeah, but like he's the only the one show. in this episode. But he's the only one like in this game, so that's why I just get away with calling him hot doctor. <laughs> yeah. So you know, and the characters 
obviously it's a narrative driven game. So the characters were, were well written and for the most part likable. I think you could make the, uh, the, it was, oh, what is his name? The enhanced droid, the newer one. Um, where if you die, they just bring back a different version of him. Oh, the detective cop buddy cop storyline arc. With, yeah. It, fuck, like you could, you, you could play him in a way that makes him not likable because you can either, you can be more human with him or you can be more robotic with him. And I thought that was an interesting thing to do. Cause usually the thing about quantic dream games is obviously if you, if somebody dies, it changes the story because they're no longer in it. But he's the exception. Every time he dies, he just comes back. But you do get to see your failures because there's like that little robot graveyard there. You know, or Android graveyard, I should say. But each of the characters did bring something a little different. Like I felt that the, you know, the one Android, like the one Kara, which kind of the tech demo that kind of started started all for this game. So Kara, her, she was more of a standard, like what you find in a quantic dream style game right where you make some decisions you hit some qtes you run away you try not to die and that was her uh the one played by uh, what's his name no his name is jesse in real life i forget what his name was in the actual game uh and um the the one the hot doctor as mike would call him that's that's the official designation for this show now so hot doctor <laughs> i think i felt like his his, you know, gameplay scenarios were a bit more action oriented, it felt like. And then uh also like the detective. He had like the, the detective mode and investigation and you know, stuff. Yeah, like that, that so. felt very heavy rain ish, the from the guy with the glasses and heavy rain kinda. Yeah. But you know what? Like this game had just one hell of an opening, man. On the regular PS4, like I played that game before I got my PS4 Pro and it looked great it looks spectacular you know uh so they did an excellent job with that and then also i think the the branch chart at the end of each level that kind of showed you it, it encouraged you to play the game again because as you went through certain scenarios it showed you well it didn't tell you what would happen or what choice you had to pick to make it happen but it showed you that there, there are branches that could have led to something else completely Yep. So I was like, man, like I kind of wish I would have, you know, it was like I, I, you know, it makes you want to play again. Yeah. Basically. No, it totally does. It that was a great addition. I'm glad that they added that. That was the the choice tree. I'm just gonna call it the choice tree. That's was, probably actually what it's called versus the branching chart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I was very impressed with the visuals. The st- there were some moments of the story I was like. Okay, David Cage, I see you. I see what you're trying to beat me over with a fucking baseball bat about. I, I get it. Um, but it was good. I enjoyed my time with it. I did. Did you ever? Did, okay. Did you let the robot lady who's in your menu go away? Did you free her or enslave her? I let her go away. You know that they patched a way for you to get her back if you miss her enough. Really? Yeah. They just yeah. give you. They give you a new model. Really? <laughs> like she's like, I came back. She's just like, oh yeah, I'm back now. And she just stares at your screen again, even though you freed her. And I'm like, I go. I, yeah, exactly. I, I freed like, you. I let like, you go. Like that. Like I was like, that's backpedaling a decision. But all right, whatever. But that's that yeah. was beside the point. We live great in the game. age of patches. The age yeah. of patches, man. It's true. Uh, it was a great game. I enjoyed my time with it. 
I didn't play it multiple times, though, I will say. I did only one run, and then I watched a whole bunch of people make horrible decisions, and holy shit, did that go... <laughs> that went south. Oops. That went south so quick. <laughs> so one thing that I thought was interesting about this Quantic Dream game is usually with Quantic Dream games, you play... Like, you know, you you have the freedom of choice. You can do what you want, but let's be honest. We play the game the way that we think... That, that we make decisions that we think should be made. That's how you get the perfect ending of these games. Mm-hmm. And in this game, they kind of flip it on the head a bit. Because if you actually do what is morally right every time, you, you will get, not get a perfect ending. You, you get, get fucked. fucked. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you have to be immoral. Yeah, you've got to be realistic. That's what I call it. Realistic. <laughs> so Whatever yeah, helps they, you sleep at night. <laughs> it is realistic. I'm just yeah, fuck, man. I don't. I got. I, I. I highly suggest that you know anybody plays, especially if you're into narrative games, right? Like if you're into narrative games, I would definitely check it out. It's a. It's an awesome game, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody. I, right. I kind of want to tell you what to do right now. There's a very specific moment that almost everybody fucks up on. Almost everybody I've talked to has fucked up on this moment because you're so used to playing the game in a specific way, and then no, <laughs> you know so. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'm not gonna do that though. I'm gonna restrain myself. I'm gonna restrain myself by going to the next game. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna go into number nine. Best games of 2018. Number nine, Tetris Effect. Close your eyes so you see my vision. Unite the soul so there's no division. Look into the future. We see all seasons. Aiming for the top, but what's the reason? With 30 different stages and pacing centered around a musical rhythm, Tetris Effect takes a video game classic and puts a modern twist on it. Each stage has a different soundscape, and the music not only affects the visuals and background, but the pace of the Tetris game itself. The ability to play in VR also brought the Tetris experience to a whole new level for players. While mostly calming, Tetris Effect can be deceptively challenging, which makes it an enjoyable game for veteran and novice Tetris players alike. All right, coming in at number nine, Tetris Effect. And I mean, honestly, if you told me in 2010 I'd be doing a podcast series about the best games of the decade, I would have said, I don't believe you. But then if you would have also told me that Tetris would have been on that list, yeah, you're definitely messing with me right now. So, but no, <laughs> Tetris Effect. This game is incredible. Like, I actually, I do, like, I still, it's one of those games that I kind of hop in and I just play from time to time. I'm like, Man, I don't feel like playing any games or like any like, you know, progression games. I don't feel like watching any TV. I don't feel like talking to anybody in the house. I'm going to play me some Tetris Effect. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, no. Tetris Effect is Mizuguchi just fucking I think like this was one of his like if I could ever do this, this is what I would do kind of projects like cuz he's done Luminous, he did Res he's never had like his hands on tetris before and like dude was like okay i'm never gonna get this chance again i'm going balls to the wall and like holy shit was it fucking a ride like the music was fucking amazing the way you manipulate the music with your by turning your by turning and moving the pieces and getting certain line combinations yeah, changing the music and stuff like that just fucking amazing soundtrack is like god it's so good i i i love this soundtrack the soundtrack is probably up there with music which is like 
best soundtracks. Like I, I can't, I, I don't know what he does after this. Like I, I like, it's just crazy. Well, everybody, everybody says, is there going to be another res? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> he no, so no, there's, there will never be another res. He'll just keep adding fucking levels to res somehow <laughs> with like, it'll be like res infinite plus or some dumb shit. And when he adds like level Y, I don't know. Like, who knows, man? He just does whatever he feels like and launches it. I don't know. Yeah. But like the VR in this is super cool. I got to try it out a little bit. I didn't play the whole game in VR, but like it was it was really neat. I I think this is a very the only thing that sets it back. I feel like is multiplayer. There's no multiplayer, but like at the same time, I'm like this is a solid solo Tetris experience, and like it's just such a game to just chill. Which is the exact reason why you would never want to put multiplayer in it. Like this is you don't want other people involved. Like, and as soon as you start involving other people in games like this, it gets ruined. You know, how would you like to be listening to your beats and playing your game, and all of a sudden somebody just drops their trash into your column? No, wouldn't that be cool? Like the song is playing, you're like, you think you're doing really good, and then the song because they dropped like this massive load of trash, it just goes like, it like drops the bass or some shit like that, and the beats per minute just go up higher, and it's like. You're and it's like getting you like adrenaline to like try to no. delete more. Come no. on, come I on! I want it. I want to be relaxed I, when I, I play games. Exactly, like Tetris. I don't play Tetris. I mean, Tetris Effect can be hard enough on its own, especially this is true. when you get to the, the later levels. True. Like so, Tetris Effect does not follow the regular rules of Tetris, where as it just progresses, it gets progressively harder. It does not do it. like sometimes you'll just be playing and it'll be slow and all of a sudden on a drop of a dime it just starts dropping pieces down because it changes the beat. The you know? motherfucking super meter in this game is fucking amazing. Uh, like yeah. the the actual like the where you delete lines and then it just stack and then it just stacks them up and below and then it just like oh my god I fucking love it. He couldn't even describe it properly, folks. So ah. you you turn, <laughs> you turn this. You turn this. I forget what the actual term is for the I think ability. It's called the Tetris effect. <laughs> is it the Tetris effect? I don't know. I, don't like, know. I, I thought it was called something else. And you do it, and basically, instead of your lines disappearing when you match them, they keep stacking on top of each other until the timer runs out. And when the timer runs out, they all disappear at the same time. You get like a bonus score and stuff. It's awesome. It's fucking, and it changes the color of the screen and the way the music's playing, and like, it's just so fucking cool. Like the game yeah. is just fucking cool. It's an experience. Like go it, fucking it play is. it. <laughs> it's excellent. It, it really is good, and it you can actually if you don't have a PS4, you can play it on PC via the Epic Store. So and it does support VR on other headsets as well, not just PSVR. So you can yep. play the VR experience as well using other headsets available. Yep. So. All right, so with that, let's go ahead and hop into number eight. Best games of 2018, number eight, Celeste. Celeste is the story of Madeline, who climbs Celeste Mountain in an attempt to deal with her inner demons. With a well-loved soundtrack, Celeste is a platformer that, while challenging, is also very encouraging. Offering an assist mode to players that care more about the story, and B-sides to players who want more of a challenge, 
Celeste is accessible to gamers of all types. All right, coming in at number eight, Celeste. Which I mean, I gotta be honest, I uh, I, I I personally only played this game for this list because I saw it on Mike's list, I saw it on Christine's list, and I was like, well, if I'm gonna have to drive this game to the ground, I need reasons, so let me play it. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm gonna knock this game off this list, I need to know, I need to be able to come up with some solid arguments, and I played, I was like. This game is actually pretty fucking good. <laughs> how, far like, oh, wow. did you, how far did you get up the mountain? Uh, I got past the area with the wind, like the wind area. Like, okay. So I got, I got past that. And that, like, I, when I was kind of going through uh, my list preparing for this show particularly, I saw that's basically halfway through the game. You know? So. Yeah. And I was, uh, I, one, the soundtrack was good. You know, like it starts off with a, with a very basic hero esque, you know, or adventure esque soundtrack, but then it actually gets into some pretty cool, like beats, in my opinion. Like it's, it's actually a really nice soundtrack, and then the way they alter it during the the boss segments, which are some of my favorites. Like I know Christina didn't really particularly like being chased around, but I thought it was pretty cool because it wasn't like a, just like a chase where the thing was just chasing you haphazardly or something like that. Like there was always a pattern, or there was a method to it. You know, like I know the first one wasn't really a chase; it was more of a ghosting, right? Like it did whatever you did, so you can actually find ways to give yourself more time to get out of situations. And the second one uh, had a uh, a pattern, you know, so stuff like that. And I was like, this is put together pretty well, you know. So, oh well, no, but more than pretty well. The platforming is great. Uh, the mechanics are good. And the thing about the mechanics is that it's simple. You have a jump, you have a dash, and you and you have a grab, essentially. And, and the climb. Ra- and a climb. That's what I meant. Like a grab and a climb. Yeah, yeah. And you basically have to find ways to work those in every level. And each level has like something special in it. Like, you know, one level has these blocks that you can like, if you dash into it, it pushes you through the other side. And one has like this bubble where you jump into it and whatever direction you're going in, it just gives you a little bit more of a boost in that direction. Uh, you know, you have these these little items that will reset your dash for you, which, you know, when you have puzzles that have no ground or the ground is covered in spikes, boom, there you go. You got moving uh, platforms that you control and stuff like that. It's just, when they put this game together, it was they, they they put a lot of thought into it. So but I think a lot of people play it for the, for the story and stuff like that. They really enjoy the story, too. Yeah, the story is really well done. Um, it sends a message out to people that I think really connects with people. Too like it's a it's a simple message of like, hey, you can do this. Like this is something you can like. Don't give up. Like work work it out, kind of a thing. And I don't know. It it kind of speaks to certain people and whatnot. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It was a good story. Uh, it the platforming is great. It's hard to just like I I can't really shit on this game. There's nothing to really say. I can say it's bad. Uh. Oh, no. The load, the, the I really appreciated how quick the load times were when you died. I mean, it wasn't super Meat Boy fast, but it was pretty responsive. Yeah, um, I, I thought this was a great handheld Switch game. Like I played, I I pretty much played it exclusively handheld Switch. So, yeah, yeah, it's one of those games where if I traveled more frequently, I probably would have got it on a Switch. I, I'll probably use my Switch more in general if I, if I just traveled more even like you know so like you know it's i can see that it being a great game for that yeah i will say it's a it's very execution heavy i i didn't have issues necessarily because i was like oh no the thing is chasing me and i don't like that like that is 
a kind of a problem because it makes me feel like I have to figure it out right away instead of taking my time to figure it out. Um, but it's not a bad thing about the issues. I don't even say I had issues. I just wasn't feeling execution-y when I was playing it, if that makes <laughs> any sense. I'm like, man, because like the big difference between this and like other games that you know focus on execution like that is it, you have to get your buttons almost perfect. And I'm not great at that. Like, I'm the kind of person that will play Guitar Hero on Expert the song 100% through and miss one note. And so, like, I guess, like, doing that makes me a little nervous. But the reason why I wanted to put it on the list is because I think, like, the music and the style and, like, how hard they worked on this game, you can see that when you're playing the game just definitely puts it up there as an amazing game. Yeah, and the game the game is actually very encouraging because even if you like, it has these messages as the screen loads, and they'll tell you that you know dying is not a bad thing. Like it just means you you learn every time. So I'm like, bitch, I know. You know so <laughs> some people don't. All right, some people need that encouragement. That is true. That also, no, that that is yeah. true. Like, <laughs> they also offer an assist mode. They don't recommend you do this, but it's there if you like really feel like you need it. Like, well, I so. think, I mean, it's so, because I, I did turn it on for a minute, and I was like, oh, wow, it is so, so much of an assist, like, so much of a crutch that it's really for people who just want to get through the story. Like, if you re- just want to get through the story, just turn on the assist mode. I right. did watch YouTube videos after, because I didn't even think about turning on the assist mode, because I wanted to, you know, I understand why the game is as hard as it is. Like, it's like the metaphor, like, you're climbing the mountain, like, cool. Um so I kind of wanted to see, you know, what the whole story was besides that. Yeah. So. I, I actually, I plan on going back and finishing it. It is on my list. Shout out to, uh, to Steam, by the way, by the, for the new interface. Thank you very much. Like, Because now I have a queue in Steam of games that I'm definitely going to go back and play through. And games that, like, I, you know, sometimes I look at and I'm like, should I play that? And it also helps me remember to uninstall games like Destiny 2. So, oh my god! Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean to go back and check out the DLC for Celeste because I never went back and played that. I watched the story for that and like someone doing that. And, oh my god, that was a lot. <laughs> I watched someone speed run through it in AGDQ, and I was like. Fuck. If you thought the main <laughs> game was a challenge, that DLC was, again, I didn't play it, but something else. Well, there's also, like, as you play through the game, there are B-sides to, like, almost every level. So, like, there's a harder twist on almost every level. If you can find the the, the tapes, the cassette the ca- tapes throughout, sets, the, yeah. throughout the world. So, yeah. And there's a lot to this game. Yeah, that's not they're not actually the easiest to find either because organically I think I've only found one. And that's with me going into like various places, not like I shot straight through. You know? I only found fa- I only found one on my own. I was like, oh, what's this? And I hit it and I'm like, shit. How many you strawberries know? did you get? Are oh, you collecting strawberries? Or are you just no, like fuck that? <laughs> I stopped. Like once I because they they sent they there's a message in the game that says the strawberries only there to help to like impress your friends. Like they yep. don't do anything. I was like, oh, okay. So because of it being time sensitive, I was like, you know, fuck the strawberries for now. That's fair. <laughs> you know? Honestly, I didn't even say fuck the strawberries for now. I read that and I was like, oh, 
fuck the strawberries forever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, sometimes sometimes you just want a game to go back to and kind of do something with. You know what I'm saying? You just want to go back and do stuff. Like, you know, I wish there was more that I could do, like, right now in Control, for example. Like, I wish there was more for me to go back and do there. So Preach. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so yeah, Celeste was great. I think it's in the right spot for 2018. But let's go ahead and move into number seven. Best games of 2018, number seven, Dead Cells. Motion Twins Dead Cells left early access to critical acclaim in 2018. Playing as a corpse controlled by a creature, Dead Cells is a solid entry into the Metroidvania format. The roguelike nature of the game keeps players coming back as they can upgrade themselves or acquire weapons, treasure, or tools. Dead Cells will have you coming back over and over as a top game of 2018. Okay, coming at number seven, Dead Cells. This is a lock-in from Christina. I'm going to let her take it away. So, Dead Cells is great. No, so Dead Cells is the kind of game that you wouldn't think that I would play, right? So, I kind of did a flip this year where... I played a little bit of Moonlighter and I was like, okay, that's cool. Maybe I'll come back to it later. Whereas when Dead Cells came out, I was like, yo, this is really sick. I really like this. And I usually don't do that with roguelike games, but there's kind of a charm to a like roguelike games where it's not like Binding of Isaac, right? Where you actually keep some of your stuff and you can actually upgrade and get better as you go through instead of just, you know, relying on your own skill because we already know I don't like heavy execution. <laughs> Uh, uh-huh. so the way that they laid out the game and like the, the Metroidvania style of the game, um, I guess the whole idea behind it too, where it was kind of like dark souls ish, which I hate saying, cause I hate when people refer to games to dark souls, but kind of, um, when you have the that- cells and the souls, you know, it's kind of, okay, Wait. whatever. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, I'm trying to think. Like, I, mean, I guess so. Like, go ahead. Ish, very ish. Not like actual whatever. Um, no, I thought the game was really refreshing too because usually when you get like the pixelated style games, you get like the game play and story is good, but maybe doesn't look as good. Whereas they did a really good job at doing the pixelated style for the game. Um, the upgrades that you can do and the type of weapons that you can get were pretty awesome. Like the, the game was really fast paced uh, and it just got faster as you went through, which I don't know. It made it really cool. It didn't feel like a chore once you started upgrading and everything to go through the levels again that you already went through, even though it's kind of roguelike, there's still secrets and things and hidden places that you can find that you didn't find last time you went through that level. Right, yeah. I mean, I well, first of all, you it has like a Metrovania style to it, where you know you need certain abilities or certain items to get into other places, and yeah, I mean, like the fact that you know, a death in Dead Cells isn't really that bad because the game is it's procedurally generated, so it's really fun to go through. It's one procedurally generated and really fun to go through. So when you die, while you'll be in the same area per se, the area will be different. It's not exactly. Uh, the same even though i will admit in the first few levels you can figure out patterns take to, to get you where you need to go because i think the first few levels really set the tone 
of how your play is going to be based on which doors you go through, you know, cause it's not, you know, it's not like you just go from level one to level two to level three. Uh, you go from level one and depending on which door you go to your level two is going to be different. And depending on that, you know, you'll have different access to different level threes and, you know, things of that nature. I think you may even fight a, the bosses a little earlier in some cases, which isn't always a good thing because you can get through to the final boss. I think within like an hour, if you really wanted to on, on one of your first few playthroughs, but it's just a really bad idea because you're going to get trashed. You're going to get absolutely trashed if you do that. So you're better off making some runs and getting stronger and stronger until you can really like lop off some health of the other bosses. Like if you're not, you know, just melting through the other bosses, like that last boss is going to be a huge pain in the ass. Uh, one thing I've found interesting about this game is the multiple endings. Like, and, and yeah, it's like a, a whole bunch of different endings, which I thought was actually pretty interesting. I think they even added more after, you know, with uh, each version. Like, they, I think they, uh, I'm trying to think. Like, I know they're up to, they have at least version 1.3 out, and that has a set of endings, and you get different armor and, you know, things like that. So, yeah, they did a good job. Like, I think they just kind of really hit the nail on the head. They took a basic concept. You know, it is a, it is a platformer, uh, combat game but then they they roll the roguelike aspects the role of uh, roguelike aspects into it the rpg aspects into it is just like really cool they did a great job with it i really liked it it i mean it was i didn't play it as long as i guess y'all did i i didn't really get very far in it but for the mostly because other things came out when i got it on the switch so but i enjoyed my time with it when i was like out and about or like i'd i'd turn it on and i try to get as far as i could and then run and do more stuff but like it was fun i had a great time i just didn't stick with it very long yeah i mean it's one of the i got i really like it to me it'd probably be a really fun switch game but it's another game that i bought on my pc you know yeah i got it on the switch and that was a good i liked playing on the switch just again taking it anywhere um which I did get like other games on the Switch and I don't play them on the go, but Dead Cells was definitely a game that I just kind of was like, okay, I have like 20 minutes. Let's see how far I can get. Right, yeah. Okay, well, let's go ahead and get into our number six game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Best Games of 2018, number 6, Monster Hunter World. With advanced monster AI, fully connected environments, and a persistent co-op experience, 
Capcom took the Monster Hunter franchise to the next level with Monster Hunter World. Though the game follows a basic kill-loot-craft-kill loop, Monster Hunter executed its vision flawlessly and beautifully, leaving players to struggle against magnificent and challenging beasts. Monster Hunter World is the best-selling game in Capcom's history and the sixth best game of 2018. Okay, coming at number six, Monster Hunter World. Now, the thing I do have to say, I think the only negative thing I have to say about this game, and I'll just start from the top, is the fact that if you did not play it at a certain amount of time, <laughs> you kind of missed the boat. Like, the bus did leave the station. Like, you can't get left behind in this game. That's the only really negative thing I have to say, because you do need to play it with a group. Like, you can play it alone, and let me tell you, it is not fulfilling at all the game is designed for the for the monsters at the very least to be hit from multiple like take damage from multiple places it will take you forever to kill some of these motherfuckers uh if you have the dedication so play with a group but other than that it is a, a great game it was a it looked great you know and the world feels big you know maybe i should stop saying that man these games look great because almost every game i play right now looks great i have a 1080 a 2080 ti so I just jack up the graphics and everything looks really good, you know. <laughs> I played it on the PS4 and it looked great. There you go. PS4 <laughs> base looks good. PS4 Pro looks really great with way better load times. Oh fuck, this thing has really bad load times on normal PS4s. Um, but the online, the only other bad thing I'll say is the online being able to like how you have to like group up and then get everyone together and then get in the hunting hub. And how that all worked and how the hunting hub, when it launched, didn't have all the things that it does now in it. And you'd have to leave that little hunting hub, go do all the things and then queue for the mission because there just wasn't everything in the hunting hub to actually be like, oh, hey, this is the hangout spot. But then they eventually patched that in. They fixed a lot of that. Uh, This game is fucking massive. I spent over 200 hours in this fucking game. Like, I lost my life. Me and my husband lost our lives to this for a while. Like, we were, like, hunting every day. We were killing the shit out of dragons. It was a fucking great time. I love this fucking game. Um, I killed Rathalos in Final Fantasy fourteen. Does that count? Sure. Yay! <laughs> did you... Did you... Did you, which is funny because you have to farm Rathalos a lot to get the mount of Rathalos. Okay, so I only, fourteen. you know what, I'm not going to get into this discussion. Um, So I played Monster Hunter probably about halfway through. I had a lot of fun with it, it but it it is a looping game where you get better gear to fight better monsters to get better gear to fight that, yeah. better monsters. Yeah. Kill, yeah. kill, grow, kill. That's, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's a- I mean, which is fine. I just like to do a lot of side stuff. So I fell out of it about halfway through because I think the group of friends that I played with were a little bit more hardcore than I was. So I didn't have a group to play with once they surpassed where I was. <laughs> um, I can see it being a game like that. Like it doesn't, I don't really think the game has like catch up mechanics like Destiny does. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, yeah, or yeah. even the division, like one friend can just pull your ass to where you need to get be, be like, no, no, like you need your you need your full party. Like this well, game. Oh, go ahead. One friend did carry me in the PC port because I didn't get the PC port till later. And he kind of helped me get through a lot of the early game stuff. But then like he could only carry me fast through so much. 
before right. it was like, no, you have to now go and grind and get gear because now your gear just isn't. You're going to die in one shot. Right, I, yeah. I think the big I, difference, though, between like you and myself is the only other Monster Hunter game I played was on PSP, and I probably played that for like two hours. And so I'm not experienced mm-hmm. in this. So this was my first Monster Hunter. Like, I had never played Monster Hunter until this one. Right, but you played it on PS4, so by the time you got yeah. to PC, you were like, whatever, I can kind of... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. Two, yeah, my 200 hours is on PS4. Yeah. I, don't know what, I don't know what my PC hours plus my PS4 hours are. Don't look it up. Right. I, no, it's like Final Fantasy fourteen. I don't want to look that don't up look either. Up. Yeah, I think this game was really geared toward Monster Hunter fans. Like, it really was. Like, they're not trying to... Like, you know, it did pick up new people. Don't get me wrong. It picked up new people. But yeah, at the same time, this, yeah. they're, not, they're not really holding your hand all that much. Like, for example, the weapon tutorials are absolute garbage in this game. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're hot trash. It's, it's, like a, it's like a fighting game. You have to go to the training room and you have to read about the combos and you have to read and then practice it on a dummy, basically. Like, that's the tutorial. That's what the weapon tutorial. Yeah. You don't know how to read. Well, it, it, and you have to understand basic concepts, right? Like, you know, like, it'll say, okay, we'll do we'll do tap, 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 tap. Like, I know what that means, Mike. I mean, I'm sure Christina knows what that means, too. But, like, a normal person, I'm not a normal person, but a lot of people don't know, don't understand what that is. Like, they'll just mash Let's- Y five times. But, <laughs> you, know you know what I'm saying? You know what's funny about this conversation, though? So I talked to Monster Hunter World, Monster Hunter Veterans. They're like, this game really didn't feel like it was geared for us. There was a lot of stuff that they like <laughs> made really easy. Like, we appreciate some of the life updates, but like, a lot of people were like, I hate the fact that I don't have to like go get whetstones anymore. That you just have like an infinite amount of whetstones to oh, shoot yeah. weapons. Like a lot of people like were like upset Yo. that a lot of the hardcore stuff. If was, I like, had gone. to go get whetstones every time I sharpen my blade, I would have quit. I would have fucking See? quit. Like, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. like I don't think this was geared for like either or in mind they were literally trying to meet a middle ground and it yeah. pissed off a lot of people on both sides but say that still this is capcom's fastest and most sold game no they, they did the middle like, ground well like it worked yeah. out best for most people like it like it pissed off some people on some on one side it wasn't the greatest thing well, i shouldn't say it wasn't the greatest thing but like some of the features like you know like we're talking about tutorials on learning how to mm-hmm. to play the game like, I think like, the weapon I started with, you like, when I told you what weapon I usually, like, yeah, you pick the hardest weapon in the game. How am I supposed to know that? There's no type of difficulty ratings on these weapons. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just picked it up and I started playing with it, you know? So, and speaking of weapons, I think there's like 14 different types of weapons and armor and they all play differently. Like, so. Great, great yeah. sword, twin blade, hunting horn, hammer, lance, gun lance, uh, switch axe. Light bow gun, heavy bow gun, bow. Uh, there's probably there's more I'm forgetting, but like yeah, yeah there's a lot of weapons, <laughs> and each weapon weapons. plays differently. Each weapon has their own upgrade trees. Each weapon does better with certain types of armor that you have. Like yep. be end game, but okay. So the one bad, another bad part about this game though is if you ever get to the end game, it's very like jewel. Like you basically have these slots in your armor that you would put like attributes in that would give you ability points towards stuff. Like there's one called, um, I don't know. It's like it basically when monsters roar, it wouldn't make you stop and be like, Oh no, I'm going to stop attacking because you roared at me. 
or whatever. But you only get that ability if you have like five points in. So you have to like gem slot. It, it's fucking complicated. Yeah. Anyways, the end game was kind of bad because it was very RNG. There was no way to like guarantee like a way to like get the gems that you actually needed for builds. So it was just lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of farming and just praying to RNG God that you got it. Ugh, yeah, I hate that. RNG just yeah. doesn't like me, so. Yeah, no. Endgame is a little rough in Monster Hunter, but I feel like, I don't know. There's so much to do in this game, though, with all the weapons and all the monsters like and like grouping up with people. It's just a good time. Yeah, I mean, it's it also is. like the first, what, console Monster Hunter they came out with and forever uh i mean there was the wii u one and the very first one was on ps2 that's a wii u that doesn't count that's wii u (laughs) (laughs) fair enough and the thing about the monsters real quick one is it's a it's a pretty wide variety of monsters i didn't see a lot of copy paste like okay well we have this thing and now this thing has wings Two different monsters. There's a couple. Now it's yellow. <laughs> I mean, Rathalos, Rathian. Then there's blue Rathalos and pink Rathian. Like, there's a little bit of. A little bit, so, but. There's not a, it's not an egregious. It's not it's, egregious. Right. Yes. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, normally I, I can fully imagine games like this. Okay. Well, you start with the green one. Now you fight the blue one. Now you fight the yellow one. Now you fight the black one. <laughs> you know, like, and it, right. it, they might have a little bit different of attack, but there is a lot of different. And um, also, like, the, the way the monster AI interacts with each other, like, because, you, you know, when I played, when I was playing by myself, the only way I could beat these monsters is if I tricked it into following me into an area. Or if it was in an area, draw another monster into that area that I knew was going to try to attack it, you know? So, yeah, which is new to this, which is new to Monster Hunter World. Monsters used to not attack each other when they would be in the same place. So, territory fights was super dope, really cool. Glad they added it. It made the world actually feel like it was lived in, and like the echo, the ecosystem actually mattered. And the yeah, environment it, it was like, um, what's the word? Like reactive too. So, like depending on where you're playing, kind of like you were in the mud, so you would be like slower and. An enemy could attack you or you know whatever so that made it feel really cool it made it feel better when you like destroyed a monster and you're just like in the mud and you're just like yes i got him <laughs> yeah Ripping. that was good but yeah monster on the world i think it was a good game like i honestly didn't pay attention to it until after people were like oh this is such a good game i was like eh, let's check it out just add that one to the list <laughs> so all right well we're done with that one. Let's head into number five. Best games of 2018, number five. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. How many characters can you fit into a Super Smash Brothers game? After the DS and Wii U games blew out the roster, Ultimate kept going even further, uniting the wide variety of characters against Galeem in his efforts to imprison everyone. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate builds upon the successful Smash Bros. formula. Combat is still frenetic and deep, and the addition of spirits allows the roster to feel even larger. Don't be like Waluigi and miss out on one of the best games of 2018. All right, coming at number five, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. This isn't a lock-in, but I'm just going to let Mike talk. I'm going to drink this water real quick. <laughs> 
It's fucking Smash Brothers. This is literally like everyone's here. They brought everyone from any Smash game that's ever existed into play in this game. They added new characters like Simon Belmont and Richter Belmont. They added Inkling. They added new stages. They added new music. This is literally like the ultimate version of Smash. And I don't, I think this is probably the final version of Smash that we're ever going to get because I don't know what the fuck they're going to do after this fucking game. I don't know if it's the final one because they like making money, so. Well, no, what I'm saying is like, you might get like Smash Ultimate ported up or something like that, but like I don't know how you beat this game, like how you top it, like you know what I mean? Like I don't know how like you because you can't because there's so much fucking content. There's like well, I'm pretty sure people say the same thing about Mario every time they drop one. How do you make a better one than this? And then they <laughs> do it. <laughs> Mario Odyssey. Yeah, exactly. but there's like. This roster, like, I mean, they just dropped. I mean, they they announced a new character today. Ha 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 ha. Um, <laughs> that the internet oh, yeah, just I, loves. I, did, I soaked. Wait. I soaked in all the salt. All the salt. Oh, I'm like, great. give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, they just keep adding characters. Like I don't know, and the gameplay's great. This is probably the best Smash has been since Melee, in my opinion. In my opinion. Like that's I don't know. not gonna stop them from playing melee. That's the CRTs when they all die will get them to stop fucking playing melee. Um, that, that's what that's when a time that's when they finally invent a time machine. That's when the Smashers will invent a time machine to go get more CRTs from the past and continue to play melee. Those precious CRT commodities. Anyways, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I I I this game is great. It added a single player campaign that had a pretty fun storyline to go through. They added all these event matches. Everybody has their own classic arcade mode with its own special way that are really cool. Like if you play as Ryu, it's like you're literally playing like a 2D fighting game of Street Fighter, bouncing from like plays to different countries and whatnot. Fighting people is pretty dope. Uh, I don't know. I, the, this, the online play isn't great. Like, it works fine on 1v1s, no items, but, like, if you try to do four-player items on, good fucking luck with your netcode. Um, it's just... It's fun. It's Smash. It's the biggest it's ever been. It's the best it's ever been. I don't know what to say other than that. Nintendo, but, please let me unlock all the characters without <laughs> unlocking all the I characters. <laughs> Yeah, I'm Somewhere surprised. That that's that is a missed money making opportunity right there. Like a yes. DLC pack that just unlocks everything for you. Like someone like a, yeah, someone tweeted me today that the one of their gamer sins is they still haven't unlocked all the characters in Smash. Smash. Oh. <laughs> I've done it like eight times and I have to keep doing it. Please save me. Uh, yeah, that's Nintendo. Like that's all the thing about Nintendo, that's why they make such good games. Like they don't think about Stuff like that, right? They're like, well, we're going to make this game people play it. Like, why would we allow them to unlock it? Why? Who would ever want to unlock the game <laughs> without playing the game? That is yeah. preposterous to us. Well, I mean, think about how many people bitch about, like, there's DLC in Blaze Blue and stuff like that to unlock the final boss or some bullshit like that. But then people bitch about it. So it's kind of like. And, and they bitch about it as is, they're buying it. Yeah. And then, like, I guess Smash is the problem just because there's so many goddamn characters. To yeah, exactly. Unlock. Like, they start you off with eight. So, like, I understand the complaint where people will complain, like, oh, they're just trying to get a quick buck. But you know what? It would make so many people's lives more easier if 
<laughs> I don't even care. Let those people complain. Like, right? Yeah. So, all right. Well, yeah. Smash Brothers. Like, do you, games like this is kind of hard to like talk about, especially because is this the second time or the third time Smash has been on the list? This is the second time. Second time because Smash yeah. Wii U and Smash 3DS. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's kind of tough because like. They're just so good. Like, where do you start? <laughs> you know, so. I mean, the only thing you can say, like, negative about it is the net code's bad and unlocking characters is a bitch. Right. Like, other than that, I don't know what's wrong with this game. Like, it, it ha- if you can't find a character in this roster, I can't help you. Right. Like, <laughs> I literally can't. We have Cloud and Bayonetta and we have a whole bunch of just weird ass shit Duck Hunt in this game for some fucking reason. Inklings in this game. Fucking Simon Belmont's in this game. I don't, I can't. Like, most, I don't know. The most ambitious gaming cross up ever. <laughs> ever. <Yeah>. Ever. <laughs> and it works. I mean, hey, if they keep giving us good DLC like Banjo Kazooie and Joker, I mean, keep it coming. I right. will say that some of the characters they've been able to pull out, especially like joker is honestly surprising but again it's smash who doesn't want their characters in this game so yeah i mean we even got snake back right yeah true that's the maybe them trying to like that's konami trying to <laughs> make get some good grace back yeah it's not happening <laughs> but um i think all we're missing now is like crash bandicoot or some shit like that please no yeah. spyro Gotta get a play Spyro would be yeah. cool. Rayman. <gasps> I love Rayman. They could probably pull Rayman. Yeah, I don't I see, see Spyro they, or They Crash. just announced a bunch of Ubisoft skins. Me me Gunner me skins. So with Rabbids and uh, uh, Altair. Uh, yeah. They put yeah. Altair skin <laughs> in this game. Yeah. Alright. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our number four pick. Best games of 2018. Number four, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Building on the successful transition of Assassin's Creed Origins, Assassin's Creed Odyssey tweaks the formula while bringing back several favorite features from previous Assassin's Creed games. This time, players can choose to play as one of two siblings, with the role-playing options greatly expanded. Ubisoft crafted a strong narrative improved combat, brought back naval elements, and added a bounty and assassination system. This game is packed to the brim with activities and you'll get lost in it. All right, coming at number four, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. A couple spots jumped from uh, Assassin's Creed Origin, which came in at number 10 for 2017, but Odyssey deserved it. They did a they did a good job with which it. Which is funny because it was only a year apart, and yet it's like that much improved. They like- built these games side by side. Side oh, 100%. by side. This is the game they I think they really wanted to put out. Even considering how good Origins was once you got past the like the, the slow start, you know, this is the game where because this game has just has the best parts of Origin. It also has the best parts of Black Flag and the best parts of Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Like it has some of the best elements that so, the series has. So are we saying like this is exactly like what happened with Assassin's Creed 1 to Assassin's Creed 2? Kinda, like it's, it's it's they improved it in every way, and they just brought some of the best elements from the series. And I will, the one thing I will say is the naval combat is good. 
Not as good as Black Flag. The Black Flag naval combat was a bit more intricate. Uh, you know, but this one is like it just kind of like, you know, you sail on side until you get their health down and once you get the health down, board them and then get the shit, you know, once you once you board the ship. Uh well, Black Flag, you had more weapons at your disposal to like take a sail down or incapacitate them in the water while you go deal with another person or something like that. So that was the only thing. And um yeah, like I said, with the with with the Brotherhood style thing, like you can pick people up in this game where you can get people to join your crew in this game and then actually use them out in the world. So they got that stuff. But it is the biggest map in Assassin's Creed, but I will say that uh, I think Assassin's Creed Origins has more landmass. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, a lot of the the map is water. A lot of it is uh, the sea, which is it is nice to be able to just get to your ship and then sail anywhere you need to go. Again, I do I did appreciate that. I I missed that a lot. So um, yeah, it is the biggest map they have. You have two characters you can play as Alexios or Cassandra. But honestly, if you're gonna play this game, just play as Cassandra. Alexios voice actor. Mm, I don't know. I th- I honestly think that this game, Cassandra was supposed to be the main character and Alexios was supposed to be the bad guy. Um, that's what, that's what I think was supposed to happen. Uh, but I think, uh, I don't know. They just decided to, well, they'll let you pick either or. Cause the thing is they're the same character. The story is the same, whether regardless who you pick. Right. And it's not, when I say it's the same, I don't mean it's the same from different perspectives either. They change perspectives based on who you pick. So, yeah, I think she was supposed to be a main character because her voice lines are delivered way better and they're, they're way more convincing. Alexios always sounds like a prick, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, that's my recommendation. But, you know, they did change the combat again. You know, they made major changes to the combat in Origins. And they even tweaked it even more. In my opinion, they made it a bit more active because in Origins, you could just kind of hold your shield up and wait for them to attack and then counterattack, which is what they were trying to get away from with the way they set up the system. However, in this one, like, you don't really have a block. You have more, you have a block, but only lasts for a few seconds. Even if you hold the book triggers down, she lets go. Like, she comes out of the, she comes out of the stance or he comes out of the stance. So you basically have to use it as a parry when you're going to get attacked. And the combat, you know, it, it feels a little bit faster. You can assassinate from the beginning of the game, which you could not do, uh, you know, before. So that was cool. They also have a couple more systems like the bounty hunter system, which is kind of cool, but can get annoying. Like if you are in the middle of like a stealth mission or trying to stealth like a, a castle or something like that, and then the bounty hunter gets called, oh my God, it's a pain in the ass because they just know where you are. They know where you are. Like It's not like you have to do something very specific for them to find you. Like I can understand if while the bounty hunter is looking for you, if you killed somebody, you ended up, uh, you know, they ended up finding you that way. But now, like, they just know where you are. They have ESP or some shit like that. Like, I feel that <laughs> they're here. Like, that. it's like, that's how it feels. So, but the one cool thing about the bounty hunter system is that you can kill them ahead of time. You can actually like you can if you can find them, you can track them down and kill them, which I thought was pretty cool. And uh, another system they brought back assassinations, like assassination, like kind of like contracts, like they did in, the, in some of the older games, where you know instead of instead of just being attached to story missions, mm-hmm. you just have a list of people. There's like a big there's a menu in the game with a list of people that you need to kill, 
and you can kill them in any order that you want if you can find them. That's another thing. You have to identify who they are first. Uh, you, so you have to use like clues in the world or go kill somebody else and you'll get a clue and eventually find out who these people are. You know, and that's just and all the stuff I've mentioned so far. That's not even the story and the story missions and how the game progresses. That's just additional shit to do in the game. You know, you can spend hours in this game just sailing the seas and looting ships and things like that. There's also uh, more like uh, of the futuristic assassin stuff too, right? Like where you can find these tombs where the old ones were and, you know, or I forget the name of the race of people. Uh, but, you know, they, they left stuff like behind, you know, they still have the RPG elements where you can upgrade your armor, mm-hmm. you can upgrade your spear, uh, you know, stuff like that. And then this one, it's actually way easier to keep your gear upgraded to your current level. So instead of having to constantly swap out stuff, if you find a sword or a weapon or a piece of armor that you really like, you can just upgrade it and keep it active, you know, if you really wanted to. Like this game, this it feels like there's just so much to do. Like it feels like you always have something to do in this game, and it, sometimes it makes it a little dangerous. And it's kind of like what happened with Origins for me. Like I, toward the end of the game, I just had to stop. I had to use fast travel only. Like I stopped traveling through the world because as I'm going someplace, something new would pop up, and I would kind of follow it over there. And you know, I need to get through the game. But uh, one of the things I'm glad about, I like coming to close to the close uh, toward the close of this series, is that these games that I've played partially, I'll be able to actually go back and enjoy the rest of the way through. Um, try, what, what else is this game? Oh yeah, like your your combat abilities are on hotkeys now, like so, and you have a lot more of them. So the combat is even more varied. You can build your character up the way you want to. Like if you want to, you can make it so that you have an ability that sets your swords on fire. Maybe you want to put poison on your swords instead, and you could do like a Sparta kick and kick somebody off of a, a mountain if you want to. You know, stuff like that. Like it was just a a great game. I'm I'm not I'm barely scratching the surface here too. You know, with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. They did an excellent job with it, and they did take another break, rightfully so. Uh, I haven't heard anything about Assassin's Creed in 2020, but I can't imagine they're going to let the series sit for that long. There's been some supposed leaks, but, like, nothing confirmed, and it's all rumor mill right now. I want to bet it'll probably be there for next-gen consoles, though. Yeah, I, I can imagine that. I uh, I just need to. I, I'm curious to see what they do now. I mean, they still do kind of have like a futuristic story, but it's so they're kind of phoning it in with the futuristic story. It is literally a repeat of the first game series. Like, I'm like, really? Like, man, you guys really aren't trying with this futuristic story. Like, why even have it? I thought they were going to get rid of it. Period, because of the way they handled. Um, black flag and the way they handle assassin's creed unity but no so but hey man it is what it is uh but yeah with that we're gonna go ahead and move into our number three game if you're an athlete you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down after all a team is only as good as its weakest link so you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. 
Best Games of 2018, number three, Spider-Man. With an open-world depiction of New York, Spider-Man swung into 2018 to high praise and critical acclaim. A strong narrative and characterization balanced well against the combat and majestic web-swinging. Acquiring gadgets and upgrades allows you to customize your combat abilities, and acquiring suits from across Spider-Man's many appearances over the years kept players slinging around New York over and over. Alright, coming at number three, Spider-Man for PS4. Great game. Great game. And what, we're going to move into number two. No, I'm joking. No, <laughs> no, no, no. The, uh, I did appreciate it. They, they put a lot of love into this game. And Insomniac did a good job. I mean, one of the things about Spider-Man games is getting the web sling done right, and they oh, did it right. Trust oh me, God. there have been Spider-Man games that managed to get it wrong, even after Spider-Man 2, man. Like, I don't understand after Spider-Man 2 how you get web sling wrong. Like, the blueprint is there. And the the web others. slinging feels so fucking good in this game. Like fuck fast travel. Like you just you just right, swing. Yeah. There is fast travel in this game, but fuck that. Just swing across the city. Like it it feels great. It it's amazing. Jumping off buildings. Like when you finally like learn how to like chain your like swings together and like learn how to launch off pads and. You're just flying, and it just feels it feels great. I I this team nailed this Spider Man game so hard, and you could see that they really love Spider Man and all the like nooks and crannies and all the special items you can get. Like it it was great. I loved every bit of this game. Yeah, you can see also say they played Batman too because the combat system oh was basically Arkham, the but it's good. Hey, I'm not complaining. I'm like not that. complaining. It, the combat way, yeah. the combat was better but like i think because i liked it more but i think that's because spider-man doesn't have to be grounded as much as batman does like spider-man gets to like throw people into the air and aerial juggle them basically and he also has all these like really cool like even though batman does have cool gadgets spider-man also had really cool gadgets in this game as well uh the spider suits each had and each one having their own super move or whatever was really neat. Like, I don't know. There was and then I liked the uh balance of you can heal yourself or you can use your finishing move. Like, I thought that was really an interesting like balancing between being OP or whether you're gonna heal yourself through uh the damage you took. Uh, being able to take guns away from people and then just throw them immediately back in their fucking face always felt good. I I don't know, man. This game and the boss battles were pretty interesting. Uh, I I wish they were distributed better throughout the game. Like, cause yeah. you in the beginning you have some boss fights and then like the entire last chapter is 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 a bunch of boss fights. It's yeah. I yeah. will say I think that big argument that I had with this game is like. Every crime that happened, like any petty crime, everybody had a gun. Like, why does everybody have a gun? Like, there wasn't one robbery that, like, I stopped that, like, at least one person didn't have a gun. I thought that was, like, a little over the top, but... I mean, if you're going to commit a crime and Spider-Man's in your town, you probably have something. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. I just... (laughs) It was just weird. Yeah. I'm like, where are all these guns coming from? Like, they're just, uh, just every single one. I don't know. 
But that that was like the only complaint I really had. The whole game was fun. Peter playing Peter Parker was fun. Um, they did a good Peter Parker story. Yeah, um, it did. I wasn't a huge fan of the slowdown parts. Were they stealth like the stealth with Mary Jane and Miles? Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I was like, yeah, I kind of just want to get through this so I can get back to being Spider Man. <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, I wish they did more more interesting things with Mary Jane and uh, Miles. Um, but yeah. I mean, keep them in the story, but I, I really didn't feel the need to actually kind of play as them. Uh, I did appreciate the gadgets that Spider-Man had, even though some of them I thought just made it a little too easy. Like the, the spider robot that just shot people. <laughs> like that, I actually stopped using it because I'm like, yeah, this is getting a little too easy. I mean, there were some parts in the end if you had the difficulty ramped up, like with with the say with the I want to mm, I'm not gonna say <laughs> with some of the military force that was there. Like it was nice to have that drone to just be like pew pew pew. But like it also felt. What's amazing is it felt really good to stealth an entire area and just to take everybody out quietly. Oh yeah, it felt, it felt amazing. And also the fact that if you if you did flub it up, it wasn't the end of the world. You could still probably fight your way out of it. Right, exactly. Like you know, either way, it, it was it was fine. I would say the game was on a pretty tight loop. Like it doesn't really the 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 main gameplay loop was this kind of the same in terms of the missions and what you had to do. Uh, the side missions were firmly cemented in how they worked. Uh, the combat ones kind of varied based on location, so that's a little bit of a different story. But the loops were pretty solid. Um, I think the only one that kind of changed up the most was like the Taskmaster side missions, to be honest. Uh, the, Taskmaster. <laughs> those are the ones that kind of that, that really changed up the most. But for the most part, like that that's 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 the only like real knock against this game is that like once you're in the gameplay loop, that is a loop. But it's a really fun loop. It's a good loop. It's a good game. Good loop. It's a good loop. Uh the tax master missions just trigger me because to do some of the things to do to get the platinum trophy were kind of annoying, but right. I got it. <laughs> yeah. So and yeah, I mean, it it was a it was a good game. It was really, I, I think this is like really the year that Sony Showed that, like, you know, I think this is the same year that EA was it the same year after EA said that single player tiles are dead, people don't want single player tiles, and then boom, you get God of War, yeah. and then God of War, so you get a Spider Man, you know. So, you got God of War and Spider Man this year, so but yeah, it was uh, it's good stuff. All right, so let's go ahead and move into number two best games of 2018, number two. Red Dead Redemption 2. After taking almost the entire decade, Rockstar finally released the sequel to Red Dead Redemption, and Red Dead Redemption 2 was worth the wait. Though technically a prequel, Red Dead Redemption 2 follows the story of Arthur Morgan and his travails with the Vanderlind gang. Gameplay featured such Wild West staples as shootouts, heists, and horseback riding, all leading to events that caused players to make weighty moral choices. Red Dead Redemption 2 further bolstered Rockstar's reputation, creating excellent, depth-filled games. Alright, coming at number two, Red Dead Redemption 2. What is this game? Because, like, it's a lot. Like, there's a lot. It's hard to define is, this game. Is it a is it a strand game? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
yeah, no. Like it is uh yeah, this word this game, I mean Rockstar, you know, anytime they put something out, like you know it's gonna be pretty massive, right? It's gonna be a massive game, and they did just did not disappoint in this game. I didn't hear too much about the game when it came out because I I I wasn't gonna play it. Well, I should say I wasn't gonna play on console. It, it was put on my back burner to play on console, and then when I found out it was coming on PC, I was like, well, fuck it, I'll just get on PC. And um, yeah, like I didn't hear too much about the game, so I just assumed it wasn't that great and then i went to go play it i'm like man this game is it's it has a slow start for sure slow start and they do it on purpose they really do it on purpose uh to kind of get you to feel the world a little bit but yeah i i kind of wish they would have started the game in a different place like i actually kind of wish they would have started the game in the event that happens right before the game starts uh that would have kind of got you up to speed really fast but yeah, like this, if if Red Dead Redemption played like kind of like a Western movie, Red Dead Redemption Two plays like a Western Netflix series. That's what it kind of plays like. It, it is it is a slow game. It has plot lines that that aren't just like quick to find out, you know, or, or quick to work out. Like these plot lines kind of unravel over time. There's just a ton of character development. Like in the original Red Dead Redemption. You had the character development of John Marsden. Uh, the the other characters around him developed a bit, but it was like in terms of the gameplay, it was like a short, you know, style because you know you may not be around there for that long. But with Red Dead Redemption Two, they really take the time to 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 work out characters for almost everybody in the camp. You know, uh, attention to detail in this game is insane, man. It really is. Like I had this one time where I went hunting. I wasn't really hunting. I shot two deer. And two things happened that kind of shocked me. One was, uh, you know, the one deer. I, I had one deer, and I skinned it, and I just left it there to go skin the other deer. But when I went to the other deer, I realized I actually didn't kill it. I only shot it in its back leg with a bow, and it was still alive. So it's sitting there flailing as blood is coming out of his back leg. And it's, like, looking at me and panting and getting nervous as I get closer to it. And I had to, like, you know you know, put my knife in its throat and kill it. I'm like, man, that was, that's some crazy shit. And so I skin that deer and then I turn around. Vultures are trying to pick my other deer apart and they're like scratching it up and stuff. And then that deer had like a permanent piece of meat. Now had a permanent scratch on it from the vultures that were scratching when I, when I took it back to camp, like I was like, man, that is just a, a ton of detail. You can't even lose your footing in this game. If you go down a hill too fast. You know, you can actually lose your footing and trip and fall. You got to be careful. So, yeah. Leave it to Rockstar to have to push the industry into this, like, every game they release just has to, like, just pushes, like, the industry just a little bit further. Like, it's like, hey, Hot Shots, the bar's here now. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they always seem to just find a way to, like, raise the bar of what now is to be expected and man this game has just so much going on i don't even know where to begin it's so like think it's weird right because it's not just like oh yeah you're like an outlaw is like a cowboy game or whatever it's almost like a simulator like an old mm. western simulator like you everything matters in this game like if you Roll outside and you get all dirty and muddy or whatever. Some people won't even like talk to you or you can't buy things or go into certain places. So you have to take a bath like you can shave your beard. 
Uh, you could go catch fish. The way you shoot your gun is like super detailed and the sounds that your gun makes, whether you're outside or inside or what environment you're in. It's insane. Yeah, you are living this life. You are living in this fucking world. Like this is the world to that you live in. Like, I, I don't know. Like, like the horses are super detailed that I don't want to get into because it's kind of gross. But like every little <laughs> tiny thing about this game is like thought out and detailed. And I feel like there's like nothing that you can think of that they missed putting in this game. Yeah, I mean, it is it is a bit tough to try to think like, well, what could out unless you're maybe like an, an expert on like, you know or, or like you know the westerns like you know maybe they could you could figure something out but other than that it's like wow like things that you just didn't even wouldn't even you know really think about like your hair like, grows if you told me like oh you have to cut yeah. your nails every three days i wouldn't be surprised yeah like your hair grows <laughs> you have to eat if you don't eat then you go underweight and you end up taking more damage if you eat too much you get fat and you end up like you lose your stamina yeah. That is some Grand Theft Auto San Andreas shit there. If I that if anything that reminded me of San Andreas with the fucking if you go to the gym you would like get that's how you got buff and all that kind of shit. Like they basically feel like they took like lessons from all their old games and they're like, cool, we're gonna like this is the culmination. Well, yeah, like, they always do that. Like that's the thing I appreciate about Rockstar. Like for you know, like you know, I, I mentioned you know uh, losing your footing. Well, that's like the weight transfer system that they built in Max Payne Three. That's what that is. Also, when you shoot somebody in the face, the way like you know their 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 body like kind of tears apart when you're shooting them in different places. That's also from Max Payne Three, you know. So and they move that. I'm pretty sure they also put that stuff in the GTA Five as well. So yeah, like they do pay attention and they they do add all this stuff. You know, they all this stuff for detail. Like it's crazy. And you know. There, you can fast travel in this game in certain locations. You can if you want to, but I just wouldn't recommend it because you miss out on so much just traveling around the world, you know. And there's just so much to do in so many places to go. Like there's, you know, different environmental areas. Like there's large plains, there's swamps, there's snow, there's industrial cities. Uh, you can hunt, you can rob trains, you can bounty hunt, you can uh, do loan sharking activities, you can rob homesteads, you can fish, you can rob banks. That's just the name of few. That's just the name of few of the things. And the homesteads I thought were some of the most interesting because the homesteads weren't just like you go up to this place, you rob it, or you kill everybody, and you go. Like, you actually have to pay attention because home, some homesteads, you actually need to kill everybody. Some homesteads, you need to leave at least one person alive so you can tell you where the money is. And some homesteads, you have to keep a specific person alive so you can tell, them what, what, tell you where the money is, you know? So like it's it it is interesting like I just I just, I just when I got you know done playing the part of this game like I, I haven't even finished it yet uh, I was like I just want to play more but I got to go play another game now so I could do this podcast thing <laughs> you know uh, so yeah like it was just really really uh, good and what, what Christina said about the guns and how you have to cock the with the weapon before you fire it like it doesn't do it for you. Yeah, like I, I, it's I just, actually it's didn't cool. realize that as I was playing it too, and I was getting mad because I'm like, I'm pulling the trigger. Why aren't you shooting? And then yeah. I realized, like, oh, well, because there's a to. there's a visual indicator, like yeah. there's a visual indicator that tells you when it's like loaded to fire, you know. So no, it's it's good. I, I like it. They did a great job, and 
it's a great game. And if it can, and if our next game did not come out this year, <laughs> it probably would have got more shine. I will say also, this is a great game, but this is not a game for everybody either. Like, no, if you're looking I, for something fast, like game. I can't. Like there are people. This isn't a game that I can be like anyone. I could recommend this to anyone to play. Like this is Red Dead is a game that I th- this would appease a certain audience of people. I will say that like being someone who gets overwhelmed by games very fast, I I definitely see that happening in this game. I think the big difference between this and I say Skyrim for me though is because like that game was overwhelming. Was Skyrim I stopped playing it because like I kept running into a bunch of bugs. I didn't really have any issues. Like the whole world was interactive, even like. NPCs that were around had like their own little background like some dude asked me where his house was and you could lie to him or be nice and be like oh it's over here I followed him to his house he's like oh you don't have to do that his wife got mad because he was drunk so she told him to sleep outside he threw up on the porch and then fell asleep in his throw up like every little thing about this game has detail in it which makes it like feel alive and it's it's fun absolutely they did an excellent job and uh, yeah, I don't think we could gush about Red Dead anymore. Let's go ahead and get into our number one pick so we could gush about a different game. Best games of 2018, number one, God of War. God of War achieved excellence in every aspect of game design, visuals, sound design, Story and dialogue are all some of the best you will find in any game anywhere. Not simply a reboot of the God of War franchise, God of War continues the story of Kratos with the full weight of his past with him. By having his son Atreus join him on the journey, God of War not only provides the visceral combat and bloody finishes one would expect, but also sheds some insight on Kratos as a father. This mixture of stellar gameplay and thematic resonance makes God of War the best game of 2018. Okay, coming in at number one, God of War. And I'm going to tell you straight up right now, this might be, like this is this is going to be in the discussion for best game of the decade. This game is phenomenal. And I mean, usually like if you tell me that, it, uh, 10 years ago, I, I wouldn't have said there's no way a console game itself could be, you know, a best game of the decade because, you know, consoles, they don't they don't have the best graphics. You ha- you kind of have to limit yourself on them and like, no. Frame like, rate can never be like rate. at its highest. Yeah, exactly. Like the limitations of hardware. But yeah, they knock this game out of the park. Everything on God of War is a 10. Nothing less, <laughs> like nothing less than a 10 in this game. How the game plays, the soundtrack, the visuals, the plot, like they just like, and it's not like it wasn't a reboot either. Like Mike wants to talk, but I'm not done yet. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's not a reboot either where they just kind of like, you know, did away with the old stuff and brought a new, like, no, it is a continuation of the God of War story. And, you know, Kratos was my number two hated character in game history. He was my number two most hated character because he's an idiot. He is incredibly strong. He is a brilliant tactician, great warrior, total dumbass, right? <laughs> For like you know, in in the first, well, let's just say the first three games. Um, 
And in this game, like he's now one of my favorite characters. You know, like it, it, he they did an excellent job taking his character, him and showing the progression, even in areas that you don't see, right? Because he's older now. So there's a whole large story arc between the old God of War, or God of War Three, and this God of War. And as they're as you're playing the game, you can just see how he feels about his past, <laughs> you know, and him realizing his mistakes. And it's it is they just did an excellent job. There is only one negative thing I have to say about this game, and that it needs to be played on a PS4 Pro. It, it really does. I started this game on a regular PS4, and it looks like shit. It does. Like it looks like trash on a on a regular PS4, and the frame rate drops even lower because even on the PS4 Pro. I think the max frame rate you're getting is like 40. Like, I think at the most you can get up to 40 frames per second. Mm, I think it depends if you choose performance or visual mode. Right, okay. A, you can toggle. I would say... I would say do performance so you get those frames, but I also understand the people who want to just look at pretty shit. Like, I get it. I 100% get that. So. Right. Yeah, like it is like they did it like that's the like I said, that's the only negative thing I have to say about the game. Other than that, the game is is damn near perfect, man. <laughs> it is it's just an like, amazing game. I can't think of like even the parts are anno- that are annoying in this game are annoying for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like it's a it's because it's supposed to annoy me, and I don't want to say any more than that. But like. They came up with the best fucking mechanic I think I've ever felt in like an action game in the longest time. Calling, throwing your axe and calling it back never gets fucking old. Like, I don't know what it is, but the feel of just, uh, just the feel of the axe throwing it, destroying an enemy with it, calling it back, having it come through other enemies just to land in your hand like that fucking weapon is so good feeling that I just it I don't know. Just I, I uh. think that has to do with the sound design of it too, like how like it sounds coming back to you, uh, and the fact that it has utility too. Like you can't, it's not just like you know doing it to kill an enemy. You could use it and freeze an enemy, and then use your fist to like beat somebody else to a pulp. And then when you're ready to go back, you you take it back, unfreeze him, and chop his head off. You know, so yeah. yeah I mean, they perfected the Thor hammer. Like, <laughs> it, it's it, it it's just perfect like i i don't know what the only i guess the even a atreus is like useful in combat other than just like being like a one button like do the thing he yells out like when things are happening in the battle so like if you're listening to the audio cues you almost don't have to pay attention to those red alert triangles that yeah. tell you you're about to get hit Right, yeah. Like, it's great. It's very, it's almost reminiscent to Hellblade about all the voices in your head. That's kind of like what Atreus kind of was to me a bit, but. Yeah, and even, like, they even do stuff to help you kind of recognize. Well, I think Mimir does this more than Atreus to help you recognize when you're in trouble. Like, you may not be paying attention to your health, and he'll say something to you that kind of makes you look down. It's like, mm, maybe I should be a little less aggressive, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or, so, or something like that. Yeah, the dialogue in this game is fantastic Uh, i think they did a great job because well i think they did a great job with the exploration aspect because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of places there's a lot of exploration you can do which is rewarding by the way like it is worth it like you know i always do all the side quests before i do main quests 
But then, like, you know, in this game, like, you'll do it, you'll follow a side quest, or you'll follow maybe, like, a little stream or a river, and it takes you to a completely different area where there's, you know, stuff for you to do. But while you're exploring, I know, like, in the beginning of the game, it's Kratos telling stories, like, while they're on the on the, on the the uh, lake and stuff. But then, after you get Mimir, uh, you will get, um, like, he'll start telling, uh, he'll start telling, like, tales and things like that. So yeah, that's that that is like really good, and it's like yeah. about everything. Like you'll see a rock on the ground, and he'll go like into detail about why that rock is there, and like the whole lore behind it. There have been times where I've been sitting in the boat, just like you know, boating around, and he just starts telling a story, and I just stop everything. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna listen to this because I don't want to miss well, any of it. What's right. also great is the game, like when you dock the boat, he's like, okay, well, that's enough for now. I'll get back to this later. And then immediately, once you start getting on the boat again, he picks up right exactly where he left, where he off, left off. And yeah. he's just like, and this is what happened. And um, it's so fucking good. The characters are really well developed, has good boss battles. I will say the runic abilities are cool. I don't know how to feel about the armor systems. See, I mean, I didn't mind the armor systems. I just kind of like something like the best armor. It kind of it makes it feel less God of Warish because it's basically it's like, you know, almost like medieval armor. <laughs> what you would. Yeah, that's the only thing about the armor. But in terms of like, you know. This style of upgrade system that they put into the game, because you know you're a god, right? I say they didn't reboot the game, so you come into the game like you are a god, and you are the god that killed the entire Greek pantheon, you know. And they still found a way to make you feel more powerful as the game continued, you know. So, yep. And I will say, like the the ongoing relationship between Kratos, like and his son, just like experiencing that i i don't think it was like you know going through the game and beating it it's like okay i'm at the end that's cool but i feel like the journey is the best experience in the game just like going and living in this world and watching this relationship grow because you can see from the beginning like you know they didn't necessarily have the greatest relationship and just to see how that grows was so awesome Mm mm-hmm yeah, and I really appreciated all the side characters too. Mm-hmm. Like the the, the dwarves. Yeah, the brothers. They were really good. Uh the wit. I'm gonna call her the witch, and I'm not gonna say anything else about her. Um that you run into is cool. Uh yeah, I don't know. This whole game, like from start to I I beat it in like a weekend because I just couldn't stop playing it. Like, I literally just could not, like, just stop. So, like, I, I played it start to finish, and it was just an amazing trip. Yeah. I will also say that this game has implemented cinematics, maybe might be in the best way I've ever seen. Uh, like, the, especially the combat cinematics. And it, it shines particularly at the last big fight when you're just, you are, like, seamlessly going in and out of combat. You are seamlessly going from being in the middle of the fight to being in the cinematic, back to being in the middle of the fight, you know, seamlessly. Like there is no start, no stop. Like it has a lot to do with the fact that the well, camera never cuts away. Like that, yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. This whole game is shot from the idea of like it's one shot. Like the camera, like never looks, it never fades to black or anything like that until it's over, pretty much. 
Yeah. Like, like it is from start to finish. I mean, the only time it cuts away is if you die, right? Yeah. Uh, but other than that, the con- the camera is constantly like on Kratos. Like it is, they like I said, from top to bottom, they just did amazing with this game, and it's one of the best games. It's one of the best games I've ever played, hands down. It, like, it's one of the best games I've ever played. So, but yeah, that is that is our number one game of 2018. You guys, do I have any closing thoughts on 2018? It was a busy year, man. <laughs> This was a really good fucking year for games. Oh like, God. holy shit. Really good year. What this is like, this was, if, if man, I don't know, this was a great way to almost kind of like start the sunsetting of the consoles. Right. Like, this was, like, this was, this was like everyone releasing stuff, knowing that for as long as these consoles have been out, these are like the prime games that are like coming out after. Okay, everyone knows how to build on these systems. Everyone's been making games now for a while. Like, this was just a stellar fucking year. Yeah, this is... Yeah, I mean, that, the thing about the console generations is that, you know, it always takes a couple years for us to get games like this on a new set of hardware cons- a genera- a new set of uh, console hardware. And hopefully going forward, that won't be a problem anymore with the way that they're, de- they're developing the console systems with backward compatibility in mind. And that's that. That's way more important than people think it is, <laughs> you know. Uh, and, and, you know, like you know, we having. Like, I don't want to get too deep into it. This is not that type of podcast. But the future should be bright. I don't think we'll see a lot of like dead spots, like large dead spots in games. Because uh, I mean, if you look through like twenty thirteen, maybe twenty fourteen, up into the middle of twenty sixteen. The con- I co- con- there were some good console games, don't get me wrong, but not as abundant as like, you know, what we saw in 2016, what we're seeing in 2017, what we're probably going to see in 2019, uh, you know, uh, 2018, obviously, we just did that, but, you know, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, this year was this year was good, and it definitely proved EA wrong that, you know, the single-player title was dead. That's just EA trying to convince their shareholders, like, that, you know, just, you know, we're not just shit at single-player titles. <laughs> You know, people don't want them. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. God of War and Spider-Man just really drove that home in 2018. I mean, Assassin's Creed, too, but, I mean, come on. Spider-Man, Red Dead, God of War. It was just an excellent time for single-player games, so. Okay, so with that, we're going to close up here. Thank you guys for listening. Like I said, we're always looking for feedback. So you can join us on Discord at discord.me slash mash those buttons. Uh, you can also reach out to us at contact at mash or just hit, up, hit us up on Twitter at the mash network. Uh, you guys want to give your social media info out? Yeah, you can find me at s'mores pop tart, and that's on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. And s'mores has a Z on the end of it. And you can find me at Keylock MVP. So that's me on Twitter. That's me on Twitch. So, uh, yeah, that's 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 and Instagram as well. That's wow. I did I didn't do terrible. I made them all the same. Good go me. Um, <laughs> me too. <laughs> so yeah, just look that up if you want to find me. Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter at Josh Tradamus, and on Twitch, you just, um, I just when I do stream, it's on uh, the Mash Buttons page on twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. And I also like to thank our patrons 
for their support. Thank you guys very much. You, you know, you help us to, you know, be able to make content like this. And we always appreciate your support. If you do, if you, I mean, if you want to support Mashes Buttons, you can as well. Uh, for as little as $1 a month and receive Patreon bonuses. Uh, for this uh, show specifically, the fan tier patrons receive bonus honorable mention episodes along with receiving the episodes a little earlier. And the supporters here, patrons, will receive the honorable mentions plus the draft episode where we actually drill down to the games that are going to be in the top 10, and those are a good time. I mean, this series, by the time we finish, it's going to be about 12 episodes, but if you're a patron uh, or supporter tier patron, it's going to be like 33 episodes of content. So yeah, there, there's a lot here to get you fixed. So uh, like I said, thank you guys very much for your support. We always do appreciate it. And uh, thank you guys for listening. And we will catch you in 2019. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 